Hello and welcome to Film Burn. I'm Dylan. It is Santa, and you killed him, Gosh. And this is Film Burn, the podcast where we every week. Sorry about the past couple of weeks. Uh, look at movies that are a little older to see how they stack up. Uh, mostly, the point is to try and look at classics that I personally, Dylan Gosh, have somehow uh, missed out on um, from the pre-2000 years. And this week, we've got a very special episode for you. And uh, sorry that it took a little bit longer to get this one done. Um, but in apologies for that, I will say that I'm covering a whole trilogy this episode. So you're really getting three times the content in just one little episode. So, you know, don't feel too bad about it. Um, but do feel bad for me because uh, I covered the Santa Claus trilogy. Uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor, Tim Allen, um, stars in three delightful Disney films about uh, one man who killed Santa and then had to be him. So so that's legitimately for real actually the plot of these movies and it it doesn't get any better from there folks. Uh, <laughs> it gets it gets worse so first off i want to say that the first movie came out in like 94 um and that one's simply called the santa claus with an, an e on the end of claws because it is through some pseudo legal magics uh, that he um, is cursed with the responsibility of being santa um then you've got the Santa Claus 2, which I believe came out in 2002, uh, which is a good deal after the first one. Um, and it is simply the Santa Claus with an E 2. Um, if they were going to add a byline to that, it would be uh, the Mrs. Claus, but we'll get into that. And then you've got Santa Claus 3, uh, which is Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause. Again, of course, with an E on the end of that one as well. So these movies are, um, I'd say, a combination of family-friendly holiday films, uh, science fiction, um, legal... <laughs> uh, procedurals and uh just classic goofs from the the tool man himself um good god so i've, I've been having some debates with myself about where to start with this trilogy and um it's it's probably for the best that I don't have a co-host because we would just both be screaming at each other the entire time and not yelling as in an argument, but just going ah! Ah! <laughs> at each other um, in, until 
eventually both of our throats uh, went rubbed completely raw because it is almost impossible to talk about this movie. I watched all three of these movies in one day and it may have been a mistake. Uh, That was now two days ago and I have finally... I believe compiled my thoughts enough that I might be able to form a couple coherent sentences about these fucking movies. So, because we're doing a little bit different in format, uh, I am actually going to give you all three predictions right off the bat, and then I'm going to give myself, I'm going to put a little eight minute timer on for myself to try and give a summary of each of the movies. And then I'm digging deep into the lore and into my problems with these movies. And also fuck what any critic has ever said. I'm not fucking looking at it. Actually, probably by the end of this taping, I will have worked myself up into such a frenzy that only the words of Audrey Ebert might soothe me. So I'll check them out. And if he disagrees with me, uh, he is no longer the patron saint of this podcast. And I promise you right now that I have not looked up and seen what Roger Ebert has said. So this should be a really tense episode for everyone. Okay, because if Roger Ebert stops being the patron saint of this podcast, I don't know where to turn. Okay, so we're going to see. Now, start out with oh god okay start <laughs> i've already exhausted we haven't even started all right here's the first segment of the show predictions predictions so uh, santa claus 1994 prediction For the record, my pre-existing knowledge for this one is kind of large, so this is based only on what I already know of the movie, just from things people have said. Uh, Okay. Tim Allen is a dad, kills Santa, gains a lot of weight and goes gray, realizes that he really has to be Santa now, and maybe learns how to love his kid in the process. Um... Quick assessment on that prediction. It is correct. Uh, There's some aspects of the movie that I did not anticipate. However, this is pretty much exactly what it is. It is a um, bodily transformation humor piece about a guy and his kid. Um, I can only imagine that feeders have an opinion on this movie. And I will get into that so next up my second prediction uh this is the santa claus 2 2002 prediction for this one is based just on the poster i hadn't even seen the first one yet i made all these predictions right off the bat based just on the poster tim allen is a full-on santa now in the christmas village in the north and he has to do normal santa stuff what's the cause of conflict you may ask my prediction is that the elves start to unionize and he's just the fucking worst about it. So that was just mostly um, because 
Tim Allen is a uh, massive conservative fucking asshole, and I could only imagine a union buster. Um, all right. Prediction the third. The Santa Claus 3, The Escape Clause, 2006. Okay, based on the poster and a half-remembered ad, I definitely saw a lot when I was like 11. Martin Short plays Jack Frost, abducts Santa Tim Allen, makes him slide down an ice slide at some point, probably. I also predict that this movie will make me want to literally die just by the fucking face Martin Short is making on the cover. My hopeful prediction is that someone murders Tim Allen and becomes Santa. Maybe his own son? All right, so, uh, just so you know, my second and third prediction predictions were not entirely accurate. Uh, second prediction, we'll see. <laughs> um, there does, uh, conflict around, uh, elf labor does come up in the second Santa Claus, but I didn't realize that the second Santa Claus might as well have been called the Mrs. Claus. Um, so there's a whole romance subplot that I had completely not predicted. Uh, also the elves don't unionize. Um, they're basically just taken advantage of, but we'll get into that. In the Santa Claus 3, uh, Martin Short does play Jack Frost, and he is a completely insufferable asshole, and I did want to die a little bit. Um, but he doesn't really abduct Santa Tim Allen, and also Tim Allen doesn't die in the movie. Really sad about that, but, you know, you can't win them all, and in the case with the Santa Claus trilogy, you can't win at all. So I'm going to get my timer out and I'm going to give myself eight minutes to get into full on what goes on in the first movie. Okay. I'm going to be running through my notes. I'm going to try to get everything I can into this. So three, two, one, go. All right, so Santa Claus 1994 was a Disney joint. The dad from Everybody Loves Raymond thanks Tim Allen and his black female business partner that Tim Allen immediately throws right under the bus for doing a good marketing job for their weird fucking doll. The doll that they made and marketed is called the Do-It-All-For-You Dolly, and it is scary as hell. Tim Allen makes a sexual misconduct joke. Um, he is a divorcee who shares custody of his son, his ex-wife seems like a perfectly fine woman, and her uh, new husband seems also to be legitimately fine. Uh, there's He's a shrink, and they make a lot of jokes about the fact that he is a therapist, which obviously Tim Allen and his boorish conservative values uh, deems some kind of hocus-pocus, and he's so macho, macho and like, oh, 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 and all this shit, so fuck this fucking guy in his sweaters because he seems fruity. Um, his son is uh just like every other boy in the 1990s he has the anakin skywalker haircut why does every boy in the 1990s have the anakin skywalker haircut i wonder um uh i have a note here on tim allen wants the kid to believe in santa and also wants to undercut his ex-wife and the kid's stepdad as much as possible poor kid really fucking hates being with his miserable disgusting father 
And then I wrote, Tim Hallen is why I hate men. He is everything wrong with the notion of dads. As long as the tool man is loose in the world, fatherhood can never be redeemed. He doesn't fucking listen. He espouses the notion of illogical belief and tries to brainwash his child into thoughtless submission. Tim Allen has the kid over and it's Christmas Eve and he tries to cook dinner and he's bad at it because he's a man. Oh, oh, oh. And so he takes his kid to Denny's and there's a weird xenophobic joke that I don't even have time to get into the implications of. But he basically goes, Denny's is an all-American restaurant. And then they just cut to a shot of like some people not speaking English uh, who are gathered there. And I think that's supposed to be the punchline. How fucking funny is that? Um, but then he gets seated there and he gets seated not near the people who are not speaking English, but instead gets seated in the, the wing of Denny's, just filled with recently divorced, dumb as shit fucking dads with like bandages on their hands from clearly having burned the turkey dinner. And he's just looking around at these poor fucking idiot, imbecile, man baby pieces of shit. Fuck this fucking movie. Okay. Um, so anyway, uh, they successfully have dinner and Tim Allen takes his kid home and he tucks him into bed and he reads him uh, the night before Christmas. And um, the kid doesn't understand uh, one of the lines and is like asking him. Um, basically the line goes, uh, there arose such a clatter, whatever, whatever, whatever. And uh, the kids is just like, hey, what's a rose such a clatter? And Tim Allen's like, hey, what, what are you talking about, idiot child of mine? I was about to go to bed. Um, like, I was already leaving your room, and you're still asking me questions about fucking night before Christmas? And the kid's like, yeah, but, like, what, they're rose such a ladder? And he's like, no, like, they're a rose. It means, like, a thing happened. And it's, like, so fucking tedious to watch this guy explain this to his kid, and he's hating it. And he's also not being nice to this child at all, and it is driving me bananas. So, anyways, he explains what a clatter is, but the kid does not seem convinced. Anyways, and then the, Tim Allen goes to bed. And then the kid hears Santa on the roof. And he's like, okay, time for me to go wake up my dad. And then you hear Tim Allen say the word roof as roof, like, a billion times like just rough 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 up on the roof oh he fell off the roof because then he goes outside and uh i guess santa slips on the ice on his roof and falls to his death and tim allen has no reaction to this like Okay, Tim Allen is a, a void where good acting and charisma might might have once possibly existed in space. He sucks it out of that space. So he's out there and he's just like, oh man, well, I, I got a pretty good lawyer and this, is, this isn't going to be fine. I mean, uh, uh, who cares? Um, this clearly isn't Santa, so I don't care the fact that a man just died right in front of me. And, oh shit, I should try and figure out who this is. I'm going to rifle through his pockets. So he rifles through the dude's pockets trying to look for ID. And his kid comes out and he's like, hey, that's Santa and you killed him. And Tim Allen's like, F fuck, no, it's not Santa. I'm going to find his fucking uh, ID and we're going to figure this out. But he pulls out this card that just says like he put on the fucking suit, put on the suit, man, is like this business card that just says put on the suit. So he's like, fuck, I guess I'll put it on. I don't know, because at this point, a magical ladder that has has on it the, the Rose Suchik 
ladder company. And the kid's very impressed by this. And I'm wondering what the implications of that are. Is this whole thing supposed to be in the kid's dreams or something? I don't know. Because, because, because nothing else in the movie would, would indicate that this is all occurring within the child's head. But it's possible because it's the Rose Suchik Ladder Company. And this child is the only person in the history of the universe who has heard Rose Suchik, there arose such a clatter and went, oh, well, that must be a Suchik Ladder Company. That must be what's going on. So anyways... While we're looking at this fucking ladder, what should happen? But Santa's body disappears into sparkly mists. It's gone. Whoosh. Bye-bye. And so now there's just his clothes there. And the kid's like, well, you really should put them on, Dad. So anyways, he fucking does. And then gets roped into this whole thing where he then delivers all the presents. He has not transformed into Santa at this point but he simply is wearing the, 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 the accoutrement and he gets brought up to the North pole and he meets the elves and the elves in this movie are all cast. Um, they cast children to play the elves, which isn't necessarily a bad call. I don't really like the way elves have been done in any movie because they, I mean, either you get, I guess in this case, children or you get like little people or you get like, just like, uh, Orlando Bloom, or something, and it's like, this doesn't really seem like a fantasy race as much as it seems like human beings. Just like people, normal people. It's kind of weird to me. It's just got normal people, but like you've given them pointy ears, uh, which is odd to me and doesn't feel as magical as it could be. But that's a whole other thing, and I have almost no time left. Um, okay, uh, <laughs> the reindeer fart, and this happens in every movie. Um, and it's never funny in case you were wondering, um, there's a lot of drug jokes, which are really funny considering Tim Allen is a convicted, uh, Coke dealer. Um, and the only reason that he is famous, uh, after having done this and not just having spent a long time in jail or something like that is because of his cocacity. And yeah. Okay. He also says, I'm freezing my nuts off out here, which really surprised me for a Disney movie. Anyway, um, uh, there's also the angry, violent reindeer trope. Um, this Rottweiler attacks them. Um, the Santas all appear to be cursed human beings. So the elves are all, uh, that's lore that I'll get into some other time. And I'm done. I'm done. I'm sorry. I couldn't get the whole movie out. Um, very quickly. I'll, I'll, I'll summarize the rest. That was a lot of pressure. The rest of the movie is devoted to incredibly fucking boring arguments with this child, tedious to behold, about whether or not him going up to the North Pole and his dad becoming Santa was a dream or something that really happened. And it starts out with Tim Allen believing that it was a dream and everyone else also believing it was a dream and being really concerned that this child seems to believe it was real. But eventually Tim Allen, Tim Allen was told that like he has the next year to kind of get his life in order and then he's going to start santifying. And, uh, you know, we, we see lots of inc just the same fucking arguments again and again. I gotta say no holiday cheer to these arguments. Just nothing. It's just, a kid screaming, but he is Santa. He really is. And you're like, I'm going to fucking die. I hate this child. I hate this movie. I, I hate 
what I have become. And so eventually um, Tim Allen starts getting fat and he starts growing a beard and he starts going gray. Um, but like really quickly and dramatically, like after Thanksgiving, um, because that's when Christmas starts in America, I guess. And um, he, I mean, he almost loses his job at work for simply being fat now and eating cookies. Um, there's also like an interesting doctor's visit scene where you get to like see the special effects in process. And mostly the special effects in this movie are fucking terrible. But they do a decent job with the makeup and the fat suit and stuff, so it's fairly realistic. And I did end up wondering how many people got off to this movie, um, because I know that's a lot of people's thing, is like seeing people gain weight real quickly. Um, and I just wondered how much of a community around that there is for this movie. But then I realized that I cannot, I can't look it up. If you can look it up, please do. Um, tweet it at filmburncast, uh, send me emails, uh, filmburncast at gmail.com, like fucking contact me about it. I can't do it, but I'm very curious about it. So the kid becomes pathologically obsessed with Christmas and they just all scream at each other. Um, Tim Allen is a pig and I hate him. Um... And eventually the movie ends with, uh, like, Santa gets arrested and they break him out of jail, <laughs> like the elves do. And this is where we get some of our first, like, real sci-fi elements because the elves are all decked out in, like, fancy fucking, like, SWAT gear it's very fucking weird and bad. It's bad. This makes it sound fun. The vast majority of the movie is screaming matches about whether or not this guy's actually Santa that make you want to throw up. Um, I know I've gone way over my allotted time, but I, I have to get into this. So I want to mention that there is one joke that ever worked in the entire series. Um, and I'm going to save that for the end so that you you hear all of this hate and you'll eventually get to enjoy the one joke that worked. Um, so I'm just going to put a pin in that for now. So keep in mind, there's one joke that was funny in five hours of movie. Um, but this, this is when I actually just started screaming to myself while watching it. And this happened in the first movie. It was near the end. So no one's believing that he's Santa Claus. They think that he's just put on weight and has gone gray um even though like his beard is growing at an abnormally fast rate and etc etc um his ex-wife and his son's stepdad are especially concerned because um rightfully so he seems unstable and perhaps kind of dangerous for the child to be around um as well as like Prior to him becoming Santa, this kid was miserable at the notion of having to be around this man. So, like, I would have listened to the kid way, way sooner um, on that and been like, this guy's a huge prick and we should keep him away from his children. Um, but what kills me is his ex-wife and her husband become convinced that he is Santa 
by the least compelling evidence that exists in the movie. They just, his ex-wife just kind of looks him in the eyes and, and he looks her in the eyes and that's enough. And she's just like, oh God, it's you. It really is you. You really are Santa Claus. But he has presented no new proof. There are fucking reindeer outside. He could be showing her. That's not what's happening happening what's happening is is she's just made eye contact with a man with a man with a beard and that's it that's enough oh my god it really is you it really is santa claus and i just like literally screamed okay and 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 then the stepdad believes too after just also giving him a look and then oh my god okay so one of the elves shows up and this elf is named bernard and he is literally 18 years old but he's supposed to be a child looking thing like the rest of the elves but he super isn't um he's just an 18 year old with a small head and bernard's just like he's sucking us into his delusions and then his uh, wife is like Neil, relax. I'll explain it to you later. But explain what? She doesn't know anything yet. Anything. And then the movie basically ends with the kid. Uh, so his dad's, his stepdad's a shrink, right? So the kid goes like, I think you've been denying your inner child, uh, Neil. And then Neil's like, hey, I, I think you'll make a great psychiatrist one day and then the kid looks up at his dad flying the sleigh and goes nah i think i'm gonna go into the family business he's gonna murder his dad this is what we end with like that's dark because he was there and immediately was like you killed santa this is what just happened i saw it you killed him you killed Santa, and that's how you are him. And then later, when the kid's at school, he's like, hey, guess what, guys? My dad killed Santa. Now he's Santa. Oh, he killed him. He, he murdered him. And now he's like, I'm going to go into the family business? The only thing he knows about Santa-ing at this point is that you have to kill to get it. This is some Oedipus shit. Okay. I hate this fucking movie. I am going to get into the second one, which should be easier to summarize within my allotted eight minutes, but uh, <laughs> we will see. Uh, I want to actually drop in to say um, a piece of trivia, a couple of pieces of trivia about the first one. Um, I have no trivia about the next ones, um, except the, 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 the guy who plays the kid's stepdad the actor's name is Judge Reinhold. Is Judge Reinhold not the most powerful name you've ever heard? Judge Reinhold. Holy crap. And he just plays like some like weak little psychiatrist man, I guess. Judge Reinhold? That guy, I mean, he should be, I don't know, opposite... Jean-Claude Van Damme in Bloodsport or something like that's that's who Judge Reinhold should be playing what a name um also this movie was written with Bill Murray in mind um which probably would have been just as intolerable um and then they kind of sought after Chevy Chase which would have 
probably actually been worse and harder to watch. Um, other than that, there's a bunch of rumors about like, oh, and this guy was considered and him too and whatnot, but it's all from IMDb trivia, so I'm not entirely sure. Here's another thing from IMDb trivia, trivia, which like I want to be true, so I'm not looking it up. Um, here's the quote. On older releases of the film, Tim Allen makes a sarcastic remark in the movie, which included the line, 1-800-SPANK-ME. This fucking movie! Okay, I'm sorry. <clears throat> During the film's release, a woman from near Cleveland, Ohio, called the supposedly fictional number for her curious grandchildren. It turned out to be a phone sex line. A shock. However, it wasn't until 1997 when Disney received complaints from parents whose children called the phone number and racked up huge phone bills did the, did the studio take action and cut the line for future releases. Disney also said they would purchase the phone number to disconnect the service. This part of the film is also cut in the DVD's release. So, um, the reason I include this piece of trivia isn't because I think it's particularly funny, it's not, but because I think 1-800-SPANK-ME is now a very good Christmas sweater you can get. Like, imagine a, just, like, in the Christmas colors with, like, you know, some crocheted reindeer on either side, like, 1-800-SPANK-ME. Like, that, that, that's a good call. I think someone should make that shirt if that doesn't already exist, and if it does exist, someone should buy me that shirt. Um because I want it. It is now better than Now I Have a Gun, Ho, 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 which is a very good Christmas shirt, um, which I don't have for some reason, which is kind of sad, frankly. I, I think people who say that Die Hard's their favorite Christmas movie are dorks, but that's probably the best Christmas sweater possible. Um, anyway, on to the Santa Claus 2 the Mrs. Claus. Um, I'm going to set that timer again. Give me eight more minutes, because I don't want this podcast to be the longest thing in the entire fucking world, <laughs> which it is on track to be. Uh, so eight minutes. Be boop. Okay. All right. So Santa Claus 2. The guy who played the dumbass in Corner Gas is flying over the North Pole and gets something on his radar that he says sounds like tiny hammers. This plane, this military plane that gets an indication that the North Pole might exist, never comes up again. Or if it does, I wasn't paying attention because this movie is fucking so boring. Um, the North Pole looks, looks a lot less cheap and tacky than it does in the first movie. Still cheap and tacky, but better. The backgrounds still look awful. The typical toy making montage. High tech military situation run by these elves, uh, which is really kind of interesting. There's like a periscope situation and like just lots of, um, you know, military tech. Um, same actor is back as Bernard the Head Elf, so he's visibly aged significantly. He was a young-looking 18 in the first movie, so now he's a young-looking 26. <laughs> Not that fucking young-looking, though. Um, Bernard describes himself as the Head Elf in this movie, but in the first movie, he does not. And in fact, when Tim Allen was like, hey, can I speak to the Head Elf? He was met with, there's no fucking Head Elf. You're the boss, man. You're Santa. And anyways, now Bernard's the head elf, so revisionist history. Um, 
the same kid plays uh, Tim Allen's son in this, although now he looks like Josh Peck from Drake and Josh. Because, um, you know, he's older now, but he, like, ends up looking a lot like Josh Peck. Um, okay, so... Santa gets pulled aside by the elves because they need to talk about this important situation. And at first you think the important situation is going to be the fact that Charlie's on the naughty list. And you're like, oh no, Charlie's on the naughty list. How could this possibly happen? He's literally fucking knows his dad is Santa. How is this possible? Just be nice, man. But like, anyway. Um, but then, okay. Santa's like, Tim the Toolman Taylor Santa is like, uh let me check that list. And the elves are like, we don't make mistakes. And I'm like, you fucking, are you kidding me? What about checking it twice? What about that? He's making a list, checking it twice. Fucking Santa lore. There's not that much of it. Keep that one. And, and the thing is, they reference him checking the list in the first movie. So why are they so sure that they couldn't possibly have made a mistake when it's his fucking job to check their mistakes. Why? Okay, okay, okay. So, but the actual reason for this meeting is that although it's been eight fucking years, they have finally realized that there is an important second clause. So the first clause is that if you put on the fucking clothes, you're Santa now. Well, the second clause is that you can't be Santa if you're not married to a lady. A Mrs. Claus. It's called the Mrs. Claus. Now, why for eight years has this been no fucking problem, but all of a sudden, right now, the quote, desantification process has begun? What? So he's losing weight, he's losing his beard, he's looking like normal Tim Allen. And this is a fucking problem for a couple reasons. One of the reasons is he's gonna lose his magical powers. And he's going to stop being able to fulfill the role of Santa. And they don't get into this, but since it seems like the role of Santa is passed on through the death of Santa, presumably, if he doesn't live up to this clause and get married and get his Santa powers back, they're going to have to kill him to find a new one. Okay? Okay. So this is, this is what we got in the movie. So he's got to find a wife, and it's already December. So they send him to the States so that he can find a lady who wants to get married right quick. But who's going to lead the elves in, in their important duties? Who's going to be, you know, the boss there? Well, they have an answer to that. And this is why I say these are sci-fi movies, because they make a clone. They make an android clone of Santa, which leads to the worst attempt at physical comedy I have ever witnessed, which is Tim Allen trying to do like a I'm a half man, half toy situation, which you'd think he'd be okay with because he did the voice of Buzz Lightyear, and that's literally the exact same fucking role that he's trying to do here. And yet, and yet, it's a nightmare. It is, it is horrible to watch. So he just stiffly operates his body and yells at inopportune times and it it it, it, it is unfucking watchable, not funny, just really bad. And so that's your B plot. Your A plot is watching Tim Allen just go on dates with women. 
Completely non-Christmassy, no magic, not family-friendly particularly, not interesting to anybody because, as I've said before, he is a black hole of charisma. And he is acting against the incredibly lovely actress who played Juliet on Lost, and she is remarkable in the role, and she she's the light and the potentially only saving grace of Santa Claus 2 because she is so fundamentally likable and she brings a roundness to the character that I really appreciate and everything she ever does in the movie she makes believable and sweet and earnest and lovely and Tim Allen fucking sucks so much he's so bad like oh okay so you're just watching him go on awkward dates and before he actually meets Juliet from Lost, he goes on a date with this lady who does not fucking deserve him. Um, and, oh God, who plays her? Uh, Molly Shannon plays her. And she is hysterically funny and incredibly charming. And she loves Christmas. And she dances and sings at uh, the date that they're on and she gets up and she starts dancing and singing this Shania Twain song uh, because she wants to be a singer and she's trying to share her love for that with him and it is so charming and he's like making a face as though this is the most embarrassing and uncomfortable thing that's ever happened to him and I'm like hey Tim Allen fucking eat shit you suck this woman's amazing literally wife goals are life goals like grow the fuck up and enjoy what other people are putting out because come on. So that's your, that's your plot here. And anyways, he ends up falling in love with this woman named Carol, obviously. So your B plot though is up in the North Pole. The Santa Claus stand-in has started dressing like Mussolini. Like legitimately like Mussolini. He's got like a big fucking hat on and he's wearing literally like rubber fascist fetish gear and he's got a legion of toy soldiers and he's making the, the elves put out coal because he's decided that the children of the world are naughty and need to be punished or something. And like it's literally fucking unwatchable oh. <laughs> my eight minutes are up um but i can say that the rest of the movie can be summarized pretty quickly because tim allen simply gets the girl brings her to the north pole defeats mussolini tim allen mussolini toolman santa in a really, really unsatisfying action sequence. Um, he convinces this woman to marry him, who has otherwise just kind of dated him a couple times, <laughs> gone on a couple dates. And he's just like, yeah, well, if you don't marry me, all the children of the world will suffer and have no Christmas. And, like, no pressure, but also, like, think of the children um and also also and this is when he gets on his knee also you may feel like you've only known me a couple weeks but really you've known me your whole life how has she known him her whole life 
Why? Because he's Santa, of course. Even though he's newly Santa, it's like, no, you've known me, you've known me forever, cause um, cause I'm fucking Santa, and what little girl doesn't want to marry and fuck Santa Claus, right? That's like the dream, right? And she's like, oh man, I'm really touched by this. Okay, it's a yes, yay! And I hate the fucking conceit of this movie so much. I hate it so much. There's no reason for this. What if he had fallen in love earnestly? Like, if they really wanted to have a wife character, they could have done it. Because they had literally eight years to show a romance develop. And I don't think it's crazy to say that if someone has been dating someone for eight years, they can get married at the end of that with basically knowing what they're getting into. Right? That's fine. And they could have just done that. But instead, they decided to make this movie be an unbearably boring movie about Tim Allen trying to date women while Mussolini fucks up some elves. It's... It's worst flaw is that it's incredibly boring. (sighs) I'm gonna blow my nose. Okay, I'm starting to get the sniffles. I can't tell if I'm allergic to something in the air right now or if I'm just allergic to this movie (laughs) because I'm getting so stressed out. Okay, Santa Claus 3. Gonna try the next eight minute attempt here. Oh my God, it shouldn't be too bad. Not a lot happens in this movie. Um... This one's going to be a little bit more chill. I'm probably going to yell less, but we shall see, dear listener. We shall see. Okay. Santa Claus 3. Immediately obvious that it's higher budget than the prior two. The North Pole looks almost decent. Carol Claus is teaching elf school and decides to tell them all a story. This is for absolutely no fucking reason the frame of the movie we we started with her teaching elf school telling them a story about when she went into labor and shit and then we end it with her ending the story and you get to meet the baby that she was pregnant with um and it adds nothing to the story nothing to it do not understand why you would bother adding a frame that does nothing to the movie and that you immediately are confused about whether it's a frame or not until you get back to the end of the movie and you're like, oh, I guess that was just a story she was telling the whole time. Well, boy, that sucked. Well, that really sucked. Okay. So, um... It is higher budget, but there's still some really bad CGI in this movie. Um, you're first taste of really terrible cgi oh my god i am getting sick like physically sick from doing this first taste of real taste of really bad cgi is um for no reason uh tim allen produces a like a baby like mobile for a mobile for babies you know those things that like spin around and have like little danglies and it's cgi it did not have to be and it looks bad okay um Oh, God, I didn't even mention the Council of Legendary Figures. So the Council of Legendary Figures was also in the second movie, and it 
it has the it also has the father from everybody loves raymond in it so i feel like it's everyone that he used to work with at his old job and they're now the council of legendary figures um and i'm talking easter bunny i'm talking sandman i'm talking mother nature i'm talking father time i'm talking the tooth fairy um which he the tooth fairy is this big buff dude and he's like can i have a better name and santa claus is like how about the molinator and he's like great this one rules molinator got it in one um and the council of legendary figures is back in the second one and we've got jack frost he's there now and it's martin short and he is tiny and an imp and i hate him 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 if there is one person in this world who is less funny than tim allen it's martin short if you ask me who's the least funny comedian, Martin Short would be out of my mouth before you were done saying the word comedian. Martin Short, end, end, stop. Not even, don't put the question mark there. We know, we know the answer. It's Martin Short. That'd be him. Oh my God, what a fucking ferret. Okay, so... <sighs> By the way, I want to mention, reindeer fart in every single one of these movies. Is it ever funny? No. Um, uh, okay, so... <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm losing my mind. Okay. Jack Frost uh, is being put up for disciplinary action um, by the Council of Legendary Figures for 273 counts of attempted upstaging of Santa Claus. These counts include freezing over a town of Me in Mexico and presumably killing a bunch of people and like just a bunch of shit like that. Just like freezing out people, causing death and mayhem. And they're just like, uh, you should probably be banished from the council, Jack, because you tried to upstage Santa Claus. Like that's the real big issue here. And he's like, what, what, I'm Martin Short. Nah. Um, I'm gonna find a way to ferret my way out of this one. And he does, sort of. He decides, well, what if I could just do community service uh, with, uh, with the big guy over here, huh? <laughs> um, and then, of course, as soon as he has convinced everyone that that is fine, for some reason, he, uh, you know, he does a bunch of shady shit behind a old tim's back and um sabotages his whole arrangement and tries to make him become not santa so this is where the escape clause comes in the each of these movies is dictated by some pseudo legal th thing slash magical me magical legalism uh the third one is the escape clause which is if he holds his own snow globe from the hall of snow globes that exists for all of the santas that have been if he holds that and says i wish i was never santa in the first place literally in those words he will shoot back into time and have an opportunity to not put on the suit so fucking 
halfway into the movie, Martin Short eventually, finally gets the guy to go back into time. And somehow, Martin Short is also transported back into time at the same time, which is not explained as to how that happens. And anyways, Martin Short puts on the fucking Santa outfit and then poofs away. Again, how? How? Why is he poofing away? He should just now have to get up into the fucking sleigh and deliver toys. But that's not what happens. He poofs away, and then we jump immediately to eight years in the future. Or, not eight. Fucking, fucking 12? 12 years in the future. And Tim Allen's like, oh, I guess this is my life now. But I, I remember that I just lost the fact that I was Santa and I didn't want to. So I do remember this. I have been sent back into time, but now all of a sudden, somehow I don't remember the last 12 years of my life. So I'm going to go to work and things are going to be real fucking weird there. And I'm going to go to um, my, where my son lives to try and say hello. And they're going to treat me like shit because I've been a shit bag for the past 12 years, even though I should have been living it. If I went into the past, why would I now be in the future? Why? What is this? So... Uh, I will say... This is the only The Santa Claus movie that I would say is really a Christmas movie. Almost the whole thing takes place at the North Pole. There is a lot of whimsy and wonder and magic in it. Jack Frost is a classic uh, villain for this kind of thing. Kind of a nefarious, uh, very capitalist, uh, enterprising sort who is trying to take away the, the true spirit of Christmas. He turns the uh, North Pole into an amusement park. Um, he lets people pay to be on the nice list. This kind of thing. A very classic Disney, or not just Disney, just very classic Christmas movie tropes of like, this guy doesn't appreciate the what the true magic of Christmas is. That's been eight minutes. This guy doesn't appreciate what the true magic of Christmas is. He really sucks. He's a little weasel of a man uh, with the world's most punchable face. And Tim Allen, by comparison, is the good guy. And, uh, not a surprise, he manages to wrench his power back from Jack Frost. Um, Jack Frost has also frozen this little girl's parents. Like, straight up just frozen them. Like, he blew on them, and then they were frozen in ice. And this is the worst special effect in the movie for a few reasons. So, oh my god, I am so, I gotta blow my nose again. Ugh. I'm literally physically ill right now talking about these movies. I, I don't know what's going on. Okay. So Jack Frost blows on this little girl's parents and freezes them. And the thing is, in order to attain this effect, they've clearly made up the physical bodies of the, uh, of the actors, like with some frost effects, you know, some like, not too gruesome, kid-friendly frost effects, you know, like lots of snowy ice powder and like blue 
tint and that sort of stuff. And the makeup looks fine. But the way they get the freeze effect is literally just having the actors stand as still as they can. So what ends up happening is that, let's say, they get wheeled out at one point, which they do. And their arms are in a position other than, like, tight to their sides. You can see their little hands, like, wiggling. They can't control this. They aren't perfect, you know? They aren't made of stone. You you wheel them around, and their bodies are going to jiggle the way human bodies do. Not the way people frozen solid would. Which is a problem. But then, the movie ends with this little girl... Basically, they... They, they all are like, we need to unfreeze your parents because they're, they're, otherwise they're just going to be like that forever. And it's very sad. And you're like, oh no. And by very sad, I mean in theory, because this movie, it's impossible to feel any anything while watching it. Anything at all. So the little, <laughs> so they turn to this little girl and they're like, listen, legendary us of the council of legendary figures we can't actually undo the magic of another person on our same level they're just too they're just too strong we just can't do it and they kind of turn to her like but but we know what you could do hey hey come on come on come on you know what you can do right come on come on come on get to it adorable little girl and she's like oh i get it and she just walks up to him and gives him a big loving hug and it is fucking repulsive it literally literally made me want to throw up it's like horrible this horrible disgusting weaselly little man who has killed hundreds of thousands of people and just basically killed her parents she's just like i'm gonna give you a big warm hug and it'll thaw your icy heart and it does and he smiles in 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 a way most disturbing and peculiar a way that i really do not appreciate one bit and he does thaw out and then we get the worst bit of cgi in any of the movies um, where I, I really hope I can find a link of this on YouTube to link in the show notes because holy fuck, it looks bad. Um, where you get a shot of the parents breaking out of their ice. It, indescribable. I can't describe, I don't have the vocabulary or the proper artistic context to place what I saw in that moment. It's kind of like the Drake Sprite ad, but worse. I'd say it's worse. It's definitely worse. <sighs> so, okay. The first two movies lack any notion of holiday cheer and are just incredibly dull slogs through well in the first one uh 
custody battles and potential psychological disturbance of a uh, truly unlikable child actor. Um, nothing against Breslin, uh, the actor who played the kid. I think it might be partly how he was written. Just loathsome. Really, really unlikable. Um, and I usually like kids in movies. This was not... This was bad. Um, worse than Jingle All the Way, and I don't like the kid in Jingle All the Way. Um, and then you get the second movie. It is mostly a very boring, trite love story with someone incapable of showing human emotions on film. Uh, plus the Mussolini stuff. No, oh, I'm a snotty boy. Okay. And then, uh, the third one is genuinely a Christmas movie. The whole thing is in the North Pole and it's very... <coughs> Finally, I sneezed. Ah, I'm gonna die. This, this, I feel so sick. I feel so much worse. Oh my god. And the third movie has some level of um, Christmas, Christmasiness to it, but again, absolutely no heart. Uh, very high on the scale of unwatchability. Um, not satisfying to watch. Um, I would say at least the act structure of the movie is formulaic enough that it it kind of for me, passes a little bit easier than the other two. I know it's worse reviewed, but for me, it's like, fine. Like, for a, for a dumb children's movie, it works. Where you're like, sure. Um, and I like some really bad, dumb Christmas movies. Like, I think Jingle All the Way is okay. Um, I think it's wild that some people consider it a co true classic, but I think it's fine um i genuinely enjoy uh santa paws <laughs> and santa paws too and the santa buddies i think they're all delightful um so that that's kind of where i'm at in terms of like i actually do like some of this shit um this is not the same kind of thing it there there's nothing there's no sweetness to it uh, you just feel bad for the kids that are in it. And oh my god, I didn't even mention. I didn't even mention. The people you feel f the worst for. I, I gotta talk a little bit more about the third one. Okay. Mrs. Claus, Carol, who is still Juliet from Lost. She came back for the second movie. Um, she's pregnant and kind of feeling kind of isolated because it's the Christmas season and so Santa's very busy and so he decides that it would be best if she could have her parents with her. Um, but she doesn't want to be too far from where he is so that he can be called in uh, if she does go into labor. Um, so she doesn't go down to her parents, but rather they bring the parents up to the North Pole. They need to preserve the secret of Santa all the while. Whatever. Point is, her. it's a very boring plot line and very frustrating. Um, the point that I want to make, though, is that her parents are played by Anne Margaret and Alan Arkin. 
and fucking Margaret. She sings in this movie. She sings uh, the Christmas song. Is that what that song's called? The Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire song? Um, because Jack Jack Frost is like, hey, you look like you'd have a lovely voice. Do you think you could sing that Chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire song? And Anne Margaret's like, oh, sure. Um, chestnuts Roasting on an Open Fire. Except, like, it's Anne Margaret, so, like, she's singing it beautifully. And then she gets to the second line. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. And he's like, say that line again. And it's like disgusting and lecherous and awful. And you're just sitting there watching Martin Short like jerk off under the table while Anne Margaret sings that Jack Frost is nipping at your nose again and again and again and again. And it fucking, it's so nauseating. Martin Short has a, a musical number in this movie also. And it's unbearable. And one of the worst things about his musical number, it's a, it's a parody of New York, New York, where he sings North Pole, North Pole. And he's on stage. And one of the worst things about it is that he is accompanied only by a piano. And the piano sounds very small. Like, it doesn't sound like a child's piano, but my point is, like, it's kind of, it's so empty. So you're just watching. Martin Short does not have a particularly powerful or interesting voice. And you're just hearing piano, and it it feels so hollow, and it's just it's just real bad. It's like a VeggieTales song, you know what I mean? Where it's like maybe a kid isn't gonna realize how incredibly pared down this is and how uh, thin the sound is, but as someone with like any amount of age. <laughs> You're like, oh my god, this sucks so bad. It sucks so bad, and it sucks so bad that you know I'm ending the episode on it, so just wait for that. But, like, Alan Arkin, if you aren't familiar with Alan Alan Arkin, Anne Margaret is, like, a very, like, kind of old Hollywood, gorgeous singer-actress. Um, Alan Arkin is a, a wonderful actor. He was in Argo and he was in, um, oh God, he was in that movie where, oh fuck. He was in that movie where Audrey Hepburn played a blind lady. He was like the villain in it. He was amazing, but he's been in like a billion things. He's a very respectable actor. Uh, Little Miss Sunshine, he's great. And this entire movie, you see in his eyes, not just that he doesn't want to be there, but then he wants to be dead. Like, you see it on his face. It's rough. Like, real rough. You know, he's playing a guy who's supposed to be unimpressed, but no. This is this is something else. You feel bad for him. Um, also, Santa Claus 3 ends with a truly unfunny blooper reel. Almost as soon as the movie ends, you start, you pull to the credits, and I guess they realize the blooper reels are popular with kids, but have you seen an unfunny blooper reel? I fucking have. It's bad. It's just people flubbing lines, and it, it, it is just the fact, all it is, is Tim Allen can't act, and sometimes people have reactions to that, because he can't do it. He's bad at it. Okay. All right. I'm done. I'm 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 done. <laughs>
I am, I am truly exhausted. But um, while I look up what Roger Ebert had to say about these films, I'm also want to get into the fact that the elves in this movie, they're kind of like, um, you know how you have in a lot of, uh, in a lot of media with vampires, you'll have like a vampire that was turned as a child. And so they'll be like, I'm 1200 years old, but they, the, you know, they're like, got a, it's Kirsten Dunst or something. You know what I mean? Um, so you've got elves and you just got like hundreds and hundreds of them. And they're all like these mysteriously very, very old creatures. And we never get their history, but every now and then you'd be, you'd see one be like, well, I've been working this position for 800 years. Um, but in a child's voice, um, <laughs> I don't know why I did a low, a low voice, but, um, yeah, just like these little kids with like little silver sparkles on their cheeks being like that, that cocoa recipe took me 1200 years to perfect. And you're like, this is scary as fuck. And the scarier thing is that that fucking hall of Santa globes has a fucking ton of them okay i don't care what religion you believe in there's no chance that christmas has been celebrated for more than two thousand years <laughs> i would say significantly less time probably but two thousand years because that's when christ existed right so the age of these elves is implied to be almost as old as Christ, perhaps, because none of them ever said that they're actual age. Um, they've just said how long it's been that they were doing something. Oh, I've been making this hot cocoa recipe for 1,200 years. Oh, I've been working in this position for 800, I don't know. It's been 340 years since our last accident. Stuff like that. So you get the implication that these elves are very, 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 very old. Maybe as old as Christmas itself. But the Santa Clauses, you know, if you look at this hall and all of the globes in it, looks like they're living average length human lives. Seems like they're people. It's passed off seemingly through murder and there is the escape clause which allows them to, I guess, pass it on to somebody else but it, it's not in a hand-me-down way. Like, it's like a reverse the fact that I ever did it in the first place kind of way. So that doesn't really hold any water um, in terms of actual methods of passing things on. So really what you get is the Santas. It really is like a blood curse. It is a curse on your life that you now owe to these fucking creepy-ass elves that have high-tech military technology at their disposal and are very scary. Did I mention this? I just want to mention that that's an implication of the movie, as well as the potential implication that the whole thing is in the son's head because he is in all three movies and... Like, that one Rose Suchik Ladder thing really gets to me in terms of, like, uh, 
maybe maybe he is making this all up because that seems like something he made up. Right? Something to think about. Now, what did Roger Ebert think? Ebert, the Santa Claus. Ah, oh, fuck you. Ah, oh, fuck you, Roger Ebert. This movie's no good. Oh, that's too high. Okay. I'm gonna read it. I'm gonna read it verbatim. I'm gonna read the whole thing. The Santa Claus, two and a half out of four stars. November 11th, 1994. The Santa Claus provides at least one valuable service. It explains exactly how Santa is able to get down chimneys that are too small for him and how he is able to enter apartments through hot water radiators and heating vents. There's also an intriguing theory handled in a throwaway line of dialogue to explain how Santa is able to visit everybody's house on Christmas Eve. It may have something to do with parallel time tracks or other concepts of advanced physics. We also learn that being Santa is not a job for eternity, but that instead there are various office holders, just like for country count, just like for country coroner or recorder of deeds. As the movie opens, Scott Calvin, Tim Allen of TV's Home Improvement, is a man who does not believe in Santa Claus. But then, up on the rooftop, there arises such a clatter that Scott and his son Charlie run into the yard to see what is the matter. And what to their wondering eyes should appear but a great big sleigh and eight giant reindeer up on the house. Roger Ebert is a sweet and lovely man. And this review has made me feel some amount of shame for my feelings. But at the same time, his movies fucking are really bad. They're really bad. And then when Scott's shout startles Santa, he loses his balance and is killed in a fall from the roof. After which, Scott finds a card in his pocket, notifying the bearer that he is now Santa Claus. Um, it's quite a long review. Um, and I'm going to jump to the last paragraph. If I found my attention flagging, maybe it's because I am not a member of its intended audience. For kids and many teenagers and their families, this is probably going to be a popular film. I personally found I just didn't care much. <laughs> That despite its charms, the movie didn't push over the top into true inspiration. I would have traded a lot of the Santa Claus for just one shot of Groucho Marx explaining how there ain't no sanity clause. (laughs) Oh, Roger Ebert. He really does give things the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to see if he ever did a review of the Santa Claus 2. This. This is preposterous. I'm genuinely mad. <laughs> oh, God. The thing is, Roger Ebert is so likable that it is genuinely hard for me to hold this against him as much as I really want to. Um, Oh, my God. What is wrong with you, man? I mean, much respect to Roger Ebert and, like, f- for real, may he rest in peace and... This is this is only out of love and respect for the man. Um, I'm gonna die. The Santa Claus two, <laughs> three out of four stars. It's somehow even better than the first. 
and he this is great it's been eight years so he has seemingly forgotten that he made the same reference in the first one there ain't no sanity clause chico marks <laughs> i love that he corrected it because in the first one he attributed that quote to groucho i don't actually know which one it is but that sounds more like a like a chico line anyway True, but there is a Santa Claus number two, which requires that Santa get married or else. This information is revealed at the North Pole at the worst possible time during the pre-Christmas manufacturing rush, when Air Force listening planes hear what sounds like tiny hammers from beneath the snow. The current occupant of the Santa suit is happy supervising his elves and perfecting his chimney craft when he's informed of a loophole in his contract. If he doesn't produce a Mrs. Claus in 28 days, he'll stop being Santa. I'm not really sure about this. And the office may even entirely disappear, causing the world's children into gloom. Already Santa is thinner, the red suit looks baggy, and the white beard seems to be shedding. The outlook is grim. We recognize Santa from the Santa Claus, the 1994 movie that explained how he got the job in the first place. As you may, or very likely may not recall. <laughs> I love these digs. Okay. <laughs> as you may or very likely may not recall scott calvin tim allen was a divorced man who in attempting to join in the holiday spirit accidentally well killed santa claus and then found a card informing him that now he was santa claus um in the years that have passed scott's ex-wife laura and her nice new husband neil judge reinhold have continued to raise scott's son charlie but now the kid is involved in a high school graffiti prank and elves have to break the news to Santa. Uh, Charlie has switched lists from nice to naughty. So I'm going to skip through. Again, this is one of Roger Ebert's longer reviews. Um, fascinating the number of stars he'll give a movie that he'll say things like this about. Okay. I almost liked the original Santa Claus, but wrote that, despite its charms, the movie didn't push over the top into true inspiration. Now here is Santa Claus 2, which kind of does push over the top, especially with the clone Santa subplot, <laughs> and is all around a better film, although I believe that any universe that includes the Tooth Fairy and the Sandman could easily accommodate and benefit from Groucho Marx. <laughs> oh... Oh, Roger Ebert. Oh, Roger Ebert, you crazy for this one. Um, oh, man. Here's the thing. I don't know if you all were as tense about what Roger Ebert was going to end up saying as I was. These aren't tears. I'm still very sick from t t talking about these movies, I presume. Um, I, I just want to say much respect to the man and seemingly he will give what i would call a positive star rating to a movie that he had maybe negative feelings for because it's a kids movie and i think it, i think for i think for roger Ebert, a kids movie has to be awfully mean-spirited for him to dislike it um i think he i think he disliked uh uncle buck because he thought uncle buck the character uncle buck was was maybe too violent um something like that so uh, roger ebert seemingly doesn't think these movies teach kids the wrong lessons 
I think they kind of do. I I guess I see where he's coming from just from a place of being like, well, you know, like Santa. Um, but I think that these movies, they teach you a couple things. They teach you, one, that it's not really kidnapping if your own parent does it, which it fully is, and that happens in the movie, and it's not cool. Um, two, it kind of teaches you that, um, well, I mean, this is the third movie, but it teaches you that, like, hugging a creepy old man will ever make a situation better which is very untrue um three it kind of like teaches I, I think tim allen in general like the character that he portrays is a really um completely irredeemable form of manhood and masculinity um and is uh largely indicative of everything wrong with the state of the father in the family unit um and like for it kind of like it's got some tricky stuff in terms of like child endangerment i know like Movies are kind of tough for this because, like, what a kid is going to find exciting to watch in a movie might be dangerous in real life, and that might be okay because, like, maybe that'll never come up. But it does make me nervous when you're talking about real family dynamics. Um, I also think the way that it treats the concept of um, uh, a man who cares about emotions and wants the best psychological development for... The child that's in his care um as kind of like some kind of pussy piece of shit wiko whatever who wears ugly sweaters and i don't like that i don't know anything about judge reinhold the actor but the character was fine and judge reinhold sure is a cool name um yeah these movies they get a, a, like, absolutely a zero from me. Like, a big old goose egg. Um, zero stars out of any number. Um, like, if you wanted me to give it a percentage ranking out of 100, it would be literally 0%. Even though I think there are um, a couple of actors throughout that do decent jobs that's just because those people are good actors and it it says nothing about the value of the film they deserved better but they could not redeem the movie um any of them the world presented in the santa claus movies is disturbing and bizarre the comedic stylings of tim allen fall completely flat and mostly all three of them are irredeemably boring truly truly irredeemably boring boring movies so I'm going to get into the one jo- <laughs> the one joke that worked uh, before I 
uh, let Martin Short sing you off. So the one joke that worked in the entire thing, it's so simple. So Tim Allen in the first movie works for like, I guess a toy company, but they also put out like children's books, um, which probably isn't that unusual. Um, so it, a toy company put out children's books. Okay. Um, so he's at a meeting and this is a meeting where he's like just shoving cookies in his mouth. And one of the guys puts forward like, Hey, I want to put out, um, a book. So here's my pitch for a new children's book. I've got some concept art for it ready on my slideshow over here. Let's look at it. And obviously this is, uh, this is a book about Santa Claus and it's an opportunity for Tim Allen to, kind of seem start to look a little bit like a raving lunatic a little bit you know what i'm saying like where he's like getting the opportunity to be like that's not how it works because i know all about santa somehow give me more cookies and milk please um but but the joke the joke that that works and really did crack me up and i think would probably crack me up anytime is this fucking book that the guy's proposing um i'm not gonna be able to do a good job describing it but it's it's worth checking out and if i can i'm putting that in the footnotes as well um he's like okay so we all know santa right of course um but in this one instead of a sleigh Santa's got a tank and it's just like a zoom in on this picture of Santa Claus, like driving down the street in a big fucking tank. And it is the funniest shit in the world to me. Um, that shit cracks me up every time. Um, everything else is complete trash, especially <laughs> this song that I hopefully got kind of going in the background already. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. How's that sounding? Okay. So until next week, enjoy movies or don't. Bye. Start spreading the news by gentle, by slave. You want to be a part of it, North Pole, North Pole. You snooze and you lose. So come here to play. Here at the very heart of it, North Pole, North Pole. Come see the snowman up where no man's without a treat. And watch this king of the chill ha! turn up the heat. Are those the summertime blues? Are melting away. Although it's 55